Aloha, and welcome to The Word of Hope with Ralph Moore, pastor of Hope Chapel Kaneohe. Hope Chapel exists to grow ordinary people into faithful, productive followers of Jesus Christ, equipping them through Bible teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. Today, our guest speaker, Carl Moore, is back with the conclusion of a message entitled, What We Have in Common. And now, here's Pastor Carl. We're talking about what we have in common this morning as a family, as a body of believers, as the family of God and what that means and why we ought to believe in that and promote that value. You know, that, that we, we should see ourselves as a family that needs each other, that needs to be around each other. I need you as much as you need me. So let's start off in Ephesians 4. Um, it goes on and it says in verse 6, And there's only one God and Father who is over us all, and in us all, and living through us all. And the all here talking about, again, is the body of believers, um, because you're not in that that family until you become a Christian, so you you can't call yourself family until you're in there. But it's saying he's he's in everything, and and he's through us all, and he's in us. And he's our father. And the thing about us being able to call our, our dad, our heavenly father, dad, or father, or, or Abba, Father, you know what the Hebrew, Hebrews used for daddy, is that it was an, is an intimate and it's a personal thing. That we don't just say, oh God, yeah, you love us all equally and we're your kids here on earth. But it's a God that says, hey, you know what? I know you individually. I know you, Tori. I know all about you and I love you as you are. And Frank, you're different, but I know all about you and I love you too. And it's the kind of thing that, that me as a father, that I love all of my, my two kids individually. And in their own special ways. That I don't just say, yeah, I love both of you guys. You're my kids. But I say, hey, with Kylie, she's a six-year-old girl. I, I see that you love to do art and to draw. And she makes me all these little books. And she's learning how to write. So she write, writes all these, mommy and daddy at the beach. you know. And she writes all these things. And so I realize that I, I have a personal way of loving her individually that's different from my son. That we sit down and we draw together and we write and she explains to me all everything that's going on in your little first grade class. And with my son, he just likes to break stuff, you know? <laughs> He's like, where's something I can throw, you know, and something I can just hack up with. And so I have to love him in a totally different way. But I know him and individually we sit down and our deal is, okay, let's grab a ball, let's throw it, let's try not to break anything. And he's all about swords and arrows and sticks and all that. And you know, my, my daughter's over here drawing and doing her thing. And it's like, I, I have to know as a father how to love my kids individually and meet their needs. And God is saying, I'm that kind of a God and I'm that kind of a father now to you. You're all in the family and you're all different, but I'm a God that knows you individually. I know, I know exactly what it is you like to do. I know that for, for one guy over here, oh, you got a little bit out of line. I need to come along and, and lovingly put you back in and suddenly, you know, subtly show you the way to get back on track. And for some of us over here, we need the smack, you know. He knows, he knows his kids, and he knows that we're all different, but we all call him father, and he's just like that perfect example of a dad that knows us individually and knows how to meet our needs and be there for us. So we all call him, he's our one God, he's our one father. But the other thing it says that God is in all things, and he's through all things. I like to think of it like this. If, if you guys look at your life and you try to prioritize things, and you make a priority list of the things in life, how many of you guys try to put God as number one? 
hopefully all of us, right? We go, oh, God, your number one priority. Well, this is what I heard said recently, is that God isn't even a priority in our life. Because if God is in all and he's through all and he's above all, there's no priority list to put God on because he's above the list. That we shouldn't say, God, you're here, and then comes family and surfing and this and that. But God does, doesn't even fit on the list because he's above the list. He's already there. He's already in us in everything that we do. So I don't separate time of like, well, God, I'm, I'm not at church today because I choose to take my time off and I'm, I'm going surfing with the boys. Well, God's going, yeah, and I'm in that too. I'm in your surfing. I'm there with you. Oh, so I better watch how I live, yeah? And, and how I surf and what I talk about. And God's going, yeah, that's, you're getting the picture now. Well, God, here's my family time. I really got to focus on my family. God's going, I'm there too. I created that family. I'm in the midst of that family. Oh, well, when I'm watching TV, I can just veg out and watch a show. God's going, yeah, I'm there too. Careful what you watch. When you're on the internet, watch out, because I'm watching, you know? He's the ultimate spyware or whatever. He's, he's watching us. He knows what's going on. And so God's, God's not on the priority list. He's above the priority list. He's in all things. He's always there with us. And that we don't, we don't try to like list him in certain places. Um, I heard it, a question asked, um, someone reminded me of a question that was asked of Jerry Cook, you know, the, the guy that comes and speaks with us. And someone asked him, oh, Jerry, you're, you're a holy guy. You're this great guy. How much, how much time a day do you spend in devotions? An hour, two hours? How much time do you spend with God? He goes, I, I, don't, I don't have daily devotions. I'm like, what? He goes, I, I try to live a life of devotion. So there's time I set apart for just me and God focused reading and praying. But still, the rest of the hours of the day, I'm still living a life of devotion to God. That I live for God, that he lives for me. That he's in me always. He's there with me all the time. He's above all. He works through me. That he's always there. That we shouldn't think that, Oh, I woke up too late this morning. I missed devotions. I'm not going to have time to hang with God. Well, what are you doing for the rest of the day? As you're driving to work, as you're sitting there getting your cup of coffee, as you're sitting on the computer, as you're talking to people, God is right there. You have that time to say, well, God, I missed my set-aside little time of reading and praying, but I can talk to you. I can pray continually all day long and talk to you. And I can squeeze in a little verse here and there in between lunch break or something like that. It's that you live a life of devotion, that God is above all and he's in all and he's through all. And the last, the last verse in verse 4, 7, it says, However, he's given each one of us a special gift according to the generosity of Christ. He's saying, first of all, that we're all together in this thing and we're together in a family. But then he's saying, but each one of you guys who is in the family, you're different from each other and you've each... Given, been given a purpose and a mission in life. And God says, we're supposed to minister to the needs of, of the rest of the family, but each one of us is going to do it differently. Each one of us has a different gift, a different way of doing things. Um, I found it interesting that we were reading in the Experiencing the Spirit book um, the other week that in Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, you, you see where it talks about uh, Peter and John healed this lame lame guy that was, was sitting, uh, he was born lame, he couldn't walk, he was sitting by the, the gate called Beautiful. And they came along and they said, you know what, in the name of Jesus, get healed. And they healed him. And it's interesting to see that Jesus himself had probably walked by that guy, because the guy had been there for like 40 years or something, sitting there, and he was like crippled. And it, it's interesting that, that they pointed out in this book that Jesus himself had used that gate many times, had walked by that way to the temple probably on a daily basis. 
when the triumphal entry came and Jesus came into town and they're waving Hosanna with the palm leaves and all that, that was the way that Jesus cruised. So that means that all those times that Jesus walked by, that lame man was sitting there on the side crippled and Jesus didn't do anything about it. But here's the reason why Jesus didn't do anything about it. Because later on, Peter and John were specifically called to be the ones to come along and to heal that guy. That means there's things going on in your guys' lives that Jesus says, this is specifically for you to do. Think about your best friends. Maybe they don't know Jesus. Maybe they do. Who else is going to be, getting, be able to get into that friend's life if it isn't you? God specifically called you to minister where you're at to that family, to those people at work, to those people you go golfing with or shopping with or whatever it is that you do. He's given you the specific task to say, you're the person, you're the one. No one else is going to get it done if you don't use your specific gift. And it may not seem like a lot. It may seem like, well, I'm just me. And God goes, well, I've called you to be just you. Don't compare yourself with someone else. Don't wait for someone else to come along and to do this ministry. You who you are is enough, and that's who I've called you to be. And that he's, he's given all of us a, a certain task in life. But here's the thing. How many of us are actually doing that? How many of us are actually saying, wow, I'm at a unique place, God, that these people right here around me, they're probably only going to listen to me. They won't hear, listen to anybody else. And how many of you guys are actually saying, I'm going to fulfill that great commission, and I'm going to go out there, I'm going to do something about it. See, some of us would say, well, I'm involved in a ministry, and, and I go to mini church, and I do this. But I guarantee you, a lot of us are sitting there going, I don't really do that much. I'm not really meeting with anyone or talking to anybody or doing anything that would be promoting the family. That you come to church, and that's it. But you're not out there. What this church believes is every member in here is a minister. That every member is a minister. And the word minister simply means servant. That you're serving the needs of the family. And so what we want you guys to do, what I want you to do, is we've created an action for you to do, a challenge to say, get out there and do something and start small, start real easy. I want you to pull out that little card that you sat on this morning. It's called a, a J group card. And I think I dropped mine. Let me grab one. Is that yours? Okay, I want you guys to take a look at this real quick. And we're just going to go over this real fast. This is a way that we came up with to get every single Christian, every family member contributing to the family. And stop sitting around and just going, well, I go to church and that's good. And then meanwhile, you have these gifts, you have this unique position in life, you have family all around you that you would love if they came and blessed you, but you're going, nah, but I don't need to bless anybody. Church is good enough for me. I don't need to go to anywhere else. I don't need to really share my faith. I'm in the kingdom. That's all that matters. And God's going, no, it's a, it's a family thing. Everybody plays. Everybody has to get involved. And so here's what we created to kind of validate the ministry that some of you guys are already doing and kind of to, to push the rest of us to go get involved with at least one other person. Now, how many of us in life say that there's someone that we could be talking to about Jesus, just one person? You guys all know one person that you could be meeting with and talking to about Jesus, right? That's obvious, every one of us. And there's two ways to do that. It could be you're meeting with another Christian friend and you're strengthening the bonds of family together, growing closer to one another to God. Or it could be that you're working on someone that's, like Jeff says, a pre-Christian. They're not a Christian yet, but you're hoping that as you talk to them, you begin to share and you bring them into the family. Because God wants everyone to come into this family. 
But here's a way that we created to do it. It's called a J group, a Jesus group. Um, it says, where two or, more, two or three gather together in my name, I'm there among them, in Matthew 18, 20. That we see that whenever we get together with another Christian, Jesus is right there. So we could be having church wherever, whenever, with whoever. The format that we want to do, we want to create these groups. See, in my, in my youth ministry, we've been doing this. Our goal is to have 100 of these things in the schools by the end of this month. And I've, I think I've already got at least 50 kids that are doing these groups, 50 groups going, not kids, um, that are doing this thing. The women's group is starting to use it. This is starting to be a thing that's actually going on nationwide. I'm seeing other internet sites where people are starting something similar to this. And I think the new wave of revival and bringing God's word and trying to reach the world in this generation is going to be different from what we've seen in the past. Because in the past, it's like, you want to start a big forest fire, you can do it in a couple ways. One way is you get a big flamethrower or torch and just, you know, and start a big fire. And that's kind of the way we did it in the past with all these big rallies and these big campus ministries and all this big stuff. But I think in today's generation, it's more relational and personal. The other way to start a big forest fire is to send a bunch of people out with one match each, just lighting it in different areas and watching the fire take place. And I think that as Christians in today's day and age, a lot of us are like, well, I could never have the skill to go be like the flamethrower guy. Well, that's the pastor's job. That's a missionary's job. And God's going, you know what? I've given the task and the assignment to every believer. Everyone who's a part of this family needs to play. You know, like when I was growing up in high school, Carl, your job is to take out the trash. Kelly, your job is to vacuum this. You know, it, we, we all had something to add to the family and to making the family run effectively. And so God's saying the same thing is, is how hard is it for you just to go meet with one other person during the week or two other people? And here's the format we came up with. We wanted to make it so simple that there's not a Christian in this room or in this world that could say, oh, I don't have enough skills to do that. The first thing is you read something. Read, read through scripture together or read like the daily bread together or purpose-driven life, something like that, where you pre-read ahead of time. You get together with someone and say, we're going to meet every Tuesday at Starbucks for half an hour or for three hours or for whatever. And we're going to have read this first chapter of Matthew. Let's start with Matthew. Read it, come together, and then you just share. The second thing is, well, what do you get out of it? What did, what did it mean to you? How's your week going? Does anything apply to your week and your life? How's that going? You just talk a little bit about Jesus together and what that means. And then the third thing is, pray for one another's needs. And right there, you're doing ministry. Right there, you're saying, I'm a part of this family, and I give back. And I want to grow this family bigger, and I want to be able to witness to other people. Because too many of us think that, well, I want to witness to my friends, so I should bring them to church. Or I should bring them to mini church and let, let the pastor take care of them. Well, God's saying, no, it's your job to do it. You're the specific guy that can get into their life, not the pastor. What if they're scared to go to church? Oh, well, then I'll just pray for them. God's going, no, go talk to them. Go meet with them. How hard is it to meet with one other person, two other people, three other people? So we want to have, our goal is 100% church involvement. Our goal is 100% Christian involvement in something like this, where you're just getting out in the world and you're actually doing something. And the rules are just be consistent. Show up every week. Just do it. Even if your other two or three people in the group didn't show up. I had a 10th grade kid this past week that goes, oh, my other guy, they flaked on me. But I was there and I was praying. I'm like, good for you, you know? You know, how much is God going to reward that kid for just showing up and being faithful? And the other kids will come the next week or whatever. But be consistent. The second thing is be honest. When you're in this group, it's a small group that 
Maybe there's stuff that you want to say in mini-church, but you feel like there's too many ears listening in mini-church because there's seven other people or whatever. But if there's just you and your best friend who already knows all the stuff you're going through, it's easy to share and be honest and say, I'm struggling here. Can you help me out with this? And how are you doing? Be honest. And the third thing is just be considerate. What stays, what's, what's said in the group stays in the group. That you keep this a personal little tight group. There's scriptures for it. The conditions are any Christian can start one. You don't have to be holy. You don't have to be a leader. You don't have to have your life all together. There's kids that I know of in our youth group that are struggling with temptation and smoking pot and doing that kind of stuff. But they're getting together for J group. And their J group is the time that they say, well, at least we're reading and at least we're trying. At least we're trying to hold each other accountable. Hey, did you mess up this week? Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I'm doing good. Oh, cool. Let's pray for you. And that you don't have to be a holy spiritual person. You just have to say, I know Jesus and I'm trying to know more about him. And let's strengthen the family together by talking about him together. Any Christian can start one. Keep them small for accountability. If it gets too big, split it. Make more J groups. Light more fires out there in the world. Um, It's not necessarily a substitute for church or mini church. But in some cases, some of my kids are saying, yeah, their parents won't let them go to church. So could I just meet with them once a week and just talk church with them? I'm going, yep, you're bringing church to them. So in some cases, it's a substitute for church because the parents aren't letting the kids go to church. Um, It's for Christians and non-Christians. It's not just a thing where we we keep together the family strong, but we're looking to say, because God's telling us, hey, go adopt more kids. Go bring more into the family. It's a way of reaching out. Um, you can do it anywhere, online, over the phone. I have a, a kid that's, that's having a J group with some girl in Idaho, and they're reading through the book of Matthew one chapter at a time, and then meeting every Friday night online and discussing and talking about it, and he's leading her to the Lord through this thing. So the thing that we want you guys to do, the action part of it, is I want everybody to have a name on one of these cards. And what we're asking for is that you... You think of, I'm already meeting with someone. I guess I already have a J group going. Yeah, all we're doing is giving it a name and we're validating your ministry that you're already doing. We want you to write your name and the names of the people that could be in your J group. And if you haven't started one yet, pray this week and say, God, who are the people that you're leading me to to starting this thing? Because I want to be an active part of this family. I don't want to just sit by. And so write down those names, write one contact phone number so that if people saw this on the board over here and they're going, oh, I know that guy, I could get involved with that group. They could call you and find out more about it. You could put a location on there if you have one. If it changes from week to week, don't put the location. But our goal is by next week, we're going to have this big magnetic board on the, on the wall back there. And we want to see hundreds of these things on the wall. We want to see everybody in here saying, you know what, this church believes in People going out there and serving God and being active parts of the family, not just coming to church once a week. That we want anyone that's new that walks through that door to say, what's that wall all about? And that it would be every person's goal in this church to say, I'm going to get my name up there. I'm going to get a card on that wall because I want to know that I'm out there doing something to give back to the family. What we're talking about today, strengthen the family. Be tight with each other. Be brothers and sisters. But also the second thing is to say, I'm reaching out to adopt more kids into the family. And this is just one way that we're going to do this. So for the next two weeks, we're going to pass these out. And I want you to write down your names and all of that. If you don't have any yet, be looking. Because all of you guys know one other person that you can meet with and talk about. There's no one in here that says, no, I don't have any friends. That's not me. It's not my ministry. Everyone should feel guilty. Oh, if I don't get a name up there because I need to be doing something for God. 
And if it's not through this and you're just totally against writing your name and stuff, that's fine. But the thing that we're trying to push is get out there and be a part of the family. Get out there and strengthen the other members of the family and, and give back to the Lord, yeah? Okay, let's end with that. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you, Father God, for just your word to us this morning. Lord, we thank you that we are a family, that we have each other to call upon and to, to be there for in our lives. Lord, I thank you for all the people in this room. I thank you for the fact that when I'm hurting and I'm going through tough times, that there's, there's a bunch of people that will come to my aid and will just be there for me and pray with me and, and talk to me and encourage me. I pray that everyone in this room would, would have that. And Lord, I ask that you'd help us to, to step out in our faith and be active about it, not just be the kind of lazy person in the family that just sits there and reaps all the benefits, that just watches TV and hangs out and eats all the food and just doesn't give anything back. Lord, we want to be vital members of this family that are encouraging the family and blessing the family. And in return, we get blessed as well. Lord, help us to see ourselves as that. Lord, I pray that none of us in here would just say that Sunday church is enough for our Christian walk because that's really not giving anything back to the family. Lord, help us to form these J groups where it's all about you, Lord. You're our ruler, you're our head, you're our, our master, you're the, you're the loving father. Lord, help us to um, go out there and to, to spread your word and to strengthen each other because we need it, Lord, we need it. And as we're praying right here this morning, if anybody is sitting here and really feeling like they're not in the family, knowing that you've never made that commitment to Jesus Christ and that you don't really know if you can officially call yourself a Christian, but you're saying that you want to. Today, that whatever we talked about sounds good to you, and you're saying, you know what? I want to be in the family of God. I want to know that there's a God that loves me and knows me individually and can meet my needs when I pray to him and ask him, and that there's a God out there that will forgive you of all your sin. Just not, Sin is nothing more than turning your back on God. So if you're here today and you're saying, you know what, I want to become part of that family and I want to stop turning my back on God and I want to face Him and run to Him and I want Him to be in my life and living through me and above me and in all things. And if that's you, I'd like to say a prayer with you this morning as we're praying. Everybody's got their eyes closed and their heads bowed. If you'd like to invite Jesus into your heart today to make that decision to become part of God's family and to have Him as, a, as an integral part of your life, as just someone that's just there for you in all things, then I'd like to say a prayer just to invite Jesus into your heart and to your life with you this morning. And I'm going to pray the words out loud, and I'm just going to ask that you just pray them silently to God, because He'll hear you. I'm not going to try to embarrass you or anything, but I want you to let me know that you're going to be praying with me, if, you, if that's your desire this morning. If you'd like to pray and become a Christian and ask Jesus into your life right now this morning, I want you to let me know that we're going to pray together by doing one thing, and that's just to look up at me right now. If you want to pray that prayer, just look up at me, and I'll know we're praying together. And again, I'll say the words out loud, and you just pray them silently. Anybody here this morning, you want to be a Christian, just look up at me. Are you looking up? Good. I see you. Praise God. Anybody else? Just catch my eye. Anybody else as I look around? Okay, Lord, we're going to pray with that one person. So I want you just to kind of close your eyes and follow along with me the prayer. Lord Jesus, I come to you right now and I'm saying that I want to be in the family, that I want you as my Lord and Savior. I want you as not the priority of my life, but I want you as my life. 
above everything and, and in everything in my life. And Lord, I'm saying, forgive me of my sins. Accept me as your child. Teach me how to walk in your ways and to follow you in everything that I do. Lord, thank you for loving me that much that you would accept me. Show me how to live a new life that is, that is a part of all the, re the rest of believers in this world, in this room right now. Lord, that I have a family, an eternal family. Lord, just bless me. Forgive me of my sins. Allow me to live for you. Show me how to live for you. Lord, give, show me how to get a Bible and start reading it and start learning how to, to live for you more. Surround me with other Christians in the family that would encourage me and, and coach me and show me how to live this life. And Lord, just teach me your ways. Speak to me. But most of all, thank you right now for allowing me into your family and calling me your child. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's praise God for that one person that joined our family today.